0: If you've been scrolling social media these past few days, then you know one favorite pastime for millions of people secluded in their homes, watching Tiger King on Netflix. Whether you're a fan or not, you've probably been inundated with Joe Exotic and all kinds of tiger stripes. It certainly makes you think, who's the real king of the tigers? In this episode, we'll earn our stripes with plenty of nostalgic tiger talk. Sharpen those claws. This is Wayback Attack.
1: Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham, sitting at his home in this safe little den, his little cave of mysticality, is Prestonburg. Preston, do you have the eye of the tiger?
0: I always have the eye of the tiger and the thrill of the fight.
1: <laughs> did you ever see um, Conan Conan O'Brien did a, like a, a skit thing where it was called Survivor Survivor? Did you ever see this? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> and it was just the band and like walking around their house and be like, Hey man, remember that time that we wrote eye of the tiger when that awesome <laughs> it was Just, it just it <laughs> was that over and over. It was so good.
0: Uh, that's great. That song is one of the best songs ever. And that music video is one of the worst music videos of all time. So bad.
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I've seen the music video at some point, but I don't have they're, any recollection of it.
0: They're playing like, Invisible instruments on mm. the docks like Oh, I think through I do some industrial that. area, mm-hmm. And it's not just air guitar yeah, it's, it's like air keys yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, it's bad So, how you been? Man, I've been pretty good uh, I think I've left my house um, One trip to the grocery store And other than that We just walk around the neighborhood And uh, I get to telework, which is nice um, But I took off today to enjoy the girls' spring break nice here in our house. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Did you guys do any special spring break activities like sunbathing or anything?
0: We didn't do that, but um, I did want to make sure they were engaged today. So we did a puzzle, and I pulled out um, some Dungeons & Dragons miniatures I bought a while ago and Mm. some paints. And so we painted miniatures for a little while today, which was pretty fun. Nice. Yeah. How about you, man? Been keeping busy?
1: Uh, I've been pretty busy. I decided to, um, to with some time off, I decided to shop Bram Stoker's Dracula. And so I've been...
0: This is a pinball machine yes, for those yep. aren't in the know.
1: And uh, boy, like, I knew it was going to be a hassle getting down into some of those, where some of those rubbers were. And like I almost feel like they have to be the original rubbers because is such a pain to get to them and they were just yeah. like completely like not, not even on post anymore and stuff um now i'm in the process of putting everything back together by the time I got to that point like I started in the bottom the bottom right half and worked my way to the bottom left, top left and top right and the top right's the worst part. And no. I when I by the time I got there I was like, ah, "I'm just going to wing it. I'm not going to take pictures. I can I can just get back to it. There's got to be enough resources online. I can just put this back together." And now I'm like, "Oh jeez, was this missing this screw?" Oh yeah, tell. that's the
0: worst idea you've had, man. That's <laughs> awful.
1: So I, I hopefully I'll have it put back together tomorrow. But it was nice because uh, I had bought like an led kit for it. And I had done everything, but like everything in the plastics, because I was like, I'm going to shop it. I'm going to do everything to it. So I might as well wait till then. And so I, I'm finally put those lights into it and everything like that. So
0: did you fix it? I mean, like, wasn't it broken at one point?
1: Well, I think this will fix it. The, uh, I think what the problem was is there was so much gunk in there from like all those rubbers deteriorating that uh-huh. like, I've been able to go in and clean all the optos and stuff. Cause it was the miss multiball. If this mm. isn't, if this, doesn't fix because it was working fine until I put the LEDs in. I, I was having, I put in certain LEDs and I know that that was interfering with the opto because it was too bright near it. Cause when I took that LED out, it started working better. And so I might wind up having just to like take them out around where that line is. So,
0: well, you've been listening to the insider pinball podcast. <laughs> uh, no, well I wish you luck in that. That's a great game. I've owned that before. I, I hope you get it working and, looking fantabulous. Well, if uh, if our listeners haven't abandoned us yet, um, our topic today is Tiger King. And of course, we're just plugging into the zeitgeist of what's going on on social media, Mm -hmm. because that seems to be the only community that we're all able to engage in collectively. (laughs) Um, But you had some concerns with this topic.
1: Yeah, I did. So, you know, I so I thought I thought this idea was a really fun idea for an episode but then today I was thinking about it and I was like well I'm kind of maybe this is kind of like straying from the path of what the original intent for the podcast was which was to look at something relevant in today's pop culture and then speak about how we got to this point kind of deal and so you know we're going to talk about Tiger King and and the tigers that are king for us, but like, I'm not going to talk about like how someone like Joe exotic became Joe exotic or like, you know, like (laughs) first they were Siegfried and Roy or anything like that, you know? So,
0: yeah, I think that was the original intent of the podcast of, you know, dredging up the history of something and see like the different iterations of, and looking at the past to see how we got to the present and, you know, and, and that's fun. And we've done that before. We've also strayed from that path <laughs> as well, which is okay, because you know what? This is our show, right. and we can do what we want, yep. and in this case, I am not going to be talking about Tiger King or Joe Exotic, <laughs> because I am not a fan at all, so I am a fan of a lot of different Tiger-related nostalgia, so I'm happy to talk about all kinds of stuff like that. Did you did you watch <laughs> the actual Netflix show?
1: I watched ep- all the episodes today. I watched oh the entire series today. <laughs> just Jeez. to get ready for this. <laughs>
0: wow, did at uh, a did you at any point want to abandon your your binge?
1: Um, so so going into it, I thought based off what people had said online, I felt like the first episode was a big hurdle. And like I feel like it, by the end of the first episode I was like, wow, these episodes are kind of long. Like I knew they were going to be like an hour, but I was like it did feel long. And really the second episode I'd read was where everything starts popping off, but really it's the third. Like the third episode to me is like when you start going, Okay, now I'm invested in this show. Um so by hour three I was like, Yes, now now I'm now I'm in in it. And then by the end of I think there's seven there's seven or eight episodes by the end of it. Um I was happy with how it ended. I saw that they're going to be putting out another episode. Uh mm-hmm. and so I'll I'll guess I'll watch that one just to say that I watched the whole series, but um, you know, it's crazy. That whole st- Like I have, I have been in a lot of crazy situations in my life
0: uh-huh. uh, and I've heard stories. I know this.
1: I just cannot imagine. Like it's, it's surprising. I understand when someone says, wow, that's surprising to me. Like what those words mean, but it's it is so surprising to me that I've never been in like in the situation that any of these people are in, you know, like, it's just crazy for me. It's so far out from like the things that I've done while not being that far out from the things that I've done. So, um, yeah right this whole
0: for me the situation and the scenario obviously is it's outlandish it's like otherworldly but for me the people the people aren't that far off from people i've dealt with in real life and have experienced in real life and for me that's the real turnoff is because i don't know well let me start over. So, my, of course, my exposure to this is it's blasted all over Netflix's homepage when I log in, because I like documentaries, so it knows my algorithm, and it's like, hey, Preston likes weird, weird <laughs> stuff and algorithm, uh, and documentaries, so here you go. So, I watched the trailer, and I'm like, ugh, these people, I've met them in Mississippi, <laughs> I've met them in Alabama, I've met them in Georgia. I, I know this archetype of person. Uh, I've served them in retail. It, it's not a favorable experience. And so I was like, I don't know. And then all you saw on social media was people talking about it, people talking about it, people talking about it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, let me watch it. So I turn it on. I get through 20 minutes. It is exactly what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. Like the people are exactly how I thought they would would behave. And then I'm like, you know, yes, I've only watched 20 minutes of it. But I look and I'm like, how many episodes are there? How long is this? You know, I don't want to devote eight hours of my life to watching this stuff. If it were an hour and a half movie, okay. But eight hours, that's a hard pass for me. You know,
1: a lot of times, and I guess this has happened with this show also, a lot of times when these these things come out, you have where um, there's a clear good guy and a clear bad guy, right? When you watch a documentary like this. Because like this isn't like a real documentary to me, or th- th- like a docu-series. Well,
0: it, I, again, I, I forget that our listeners may not know what we're talking yeah. about. Can you just give a very, very brief synopsis of what's happening in Tiger King?
1: Okay. So there's this guy, and we'll call him Joe Exotic because that's what he wants people to call him. And um, he has a zoo in Oklahoma, which is shocking to me because you're going to see this guy and think he's a Florida man. Uh And, um, in in honor of that, I'm drinking Florida man beer right now. So, um, (laughs) but you, you, so just picture, uh, a like flamboyantly crazy redneck Florida man, and that's what Joe Exotic looks like. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, he has a zoo in Oklahoma, and then there is, um, other zoo slash wildlife refuges, refuges that are in, this docuseries and I guess his main his main villain in his life based off of this series is uh, someone in Tampa, Florida that has uh, a big cat rescue thing. I always, I, I can never remember her name for some reason.
0: Carol Baskins. Yes,
1: Carol Baskins. And See, so, I've not even
0: I've watched twenty <laughs> minutes and I know this.
1: I don't know why I can't remember her name, but uh, and I, I've I have literally said it out loud a bunch of times today talking to other people about the show. So, um, but the, uh, and so basically it's kind of like the trials and tribulations, uh, between Carol and Joe and what they. Like they have like a lot of legal battles between each other and stuff like that. That's ultimately what it's about. And then the uh he is in jail right now because he alleged, Well, I guess he was convicted of um hiring someone to kill her.
0: So okay, so it's a, like a true crime expose mm-hmm. basically.
1: But there's more true crime in this series than just that.
0: Yeah, like Carol. Uh, Esk- no, 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 no. I, this is okay. this is the way back attack Tiger right, King episode. Right. We're not talking Tiger King, Tiger King. Let's talk about some other stuff. But uh, final thoughts on that?
1: Uh, you know, I think that this docuseries does a good job. At, like while saying earlier, there's usually heroes and villains. I think this docuseries does a good job at, uh, making everybody really kind of a scumball. Like, like no one, no one really, like you go through like peaks and valleys of like, oh no, I can see where this person's coming from and like feeling for that person. But by the end of it, you're like, no, everybody in this, in this thing is like just like all the main people in this are all pieces of garbage, basically. So uh, they do a good job there.
0: But how are the tigers?
1: The tigers are precious. You just want (laughs) to. pinch their cheeks and rub their belly and hope they don't scratch you. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, hey, there is some tiger action in this movie where limbs get lost and stuff. Oh, my
0: gosh. Yeah, I I will admire tigers from a distance. I have no desire to get up close and snuggle with them at all. (laughs) But, well, before we dive into our own um, King of the Tigers, I will plug an actually good documentary with some history to it. It's not pop culture related necessarily. It's actually kind of, uh, kind of, uh, it's very serious, but it's uh, it's a really good one. And that is Crip Camp on Netflix. And it's about a camp. Of into, crips. Of, yes, of crippled people. Oh. Um, as they call themselves. Uh, in 1960, late 60s and early 70s. And it's about how this group of campers experienced what it was like to be treated like a, a whole human uh and without a disability basically and then they use that inspiration to go um turn into a political action and they're they are the people that start driving the the social change for the americans with disabilities act so it's really cool it won the sundance film festival um prize so worth a shot is something this, completely different is this new yeah, brand new. Okay,
1: I I I felt like I've heard somebody talk about it recently, and so I was like, I assumed it had something to do with tigers, also. Ah, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: no, no tigers, but we do have a lot of a lot of fast tiger action coming right up. Tell all the hunters to lay down their
1: guns. Tell them that the tiger. It's a little bit of love. Let them run the jungle. Let them roam their land. Then stand back and marvel. What a beautiful cat. is back! We'll stop Cobra with Tiger Force, the roughest, toughest Joe Force ever. Get those captured Cobra vehicles repainted and re They're part of Tiger Force now.
2: Tiger Force, showing the colors yellow and black. Hungry to fight and ready to attack. Nobody needs G.I. Joe. Tiger shirt is red. So it's the tiger cat. Tiger Force, attack. Nobody needs G.I. Joe. Tiger Force. Tiger Force. Vehicles and figures sold separately.
0: Okay. So my first selection for King of the Tigers is going to be something that I received A bountiful supply of Underneath my tree, Christmas morning Mm -hmm. 1988 And that is the beautiful Colorful world of G.I. Joe's Tiger Force Mm -hmm. Do you remember Tiger Force? So
1: I feel like I had the um, There's a vehicle That is like a boat And I feel like I had that That's the uh, Joe Aura I guess is what it's called
0: I don't know no, it'd be called the Tiger Shark. Uh, sorry, oh the, Tiger, yeah, tiger, tiger
1: Force Tiger Fish, Tiger Fish. Yeah, this thing's going for 200 bucks on eBay, which is pretty nice. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm pretty sure I had that boat. I remember. I specifically remember that boat.
0: Yeah. So for those of you not familiar, this is a special retheme of existing uh, or past releases of GI Joe action figures and vehicles like they're a special elite fighting unit within the Joe team so like the description is um, the special unit within G.I. Joe is called up for a secret and highly dangerous mission in the remote jungle Cobra set up a network of power bases that will simultaneously attack key cities around the globe it'll take the combined skills of the Tiger Force team to hunt down these hidden bases and disable them together Tiger Force will search and relentlessly strike deeply to save the world from the Cobra enemy so, um, if you're not familiar, these are just existing Joes that you know, like Duke and Bazooka and Road Dusty block. Roadblock. But they have uh, bright yellow tiger print on them, and the vehicles are the same vehicles you grew up with, like the like the Dragonfly um, uh, helicopter, except it's called it the tiger fly now and it's bright yellow and has stripes and um it's really garish the, it's really god awful hideously ugly
1: so this is probably why I owned this ship is all of these vehicles are cool because they have awesome mouths like shark mouths on them uh-huh. when I was a kid I loved that like you know the F14s and stuff that had like the the face paint on it and stuff like that i thought that was the coolest thing in the world and so that's probably why i had this boat
0: Yeah. At the time, I thought it was really, really cool. Um, Now I look back, I'm like, this is so unrealistic. Because, you know, previously, when you first started with G.I. Joes, they were like, they tried to be as realistic as possible. Like, they had olive drab uniforms. Like, there were hardly any variances between the guys' uniforms. Um, And then they started getting, like, like, the original Roadblock. He just had, like, a camo shirt and brown pants. And you know for them to to go from the the quote realism of like just regular clothes to go to this brightly colored tiger print that you could spot a mile away and get sniped from you know 2 miles away was is ridiculous you, in hindsight
1: you wouldn't get sniped though if you're hanging out in the jungle cuz everyone's going to think that you're an awesome tiger <laughs> so uh i do have a question yeah what year did these come out 88 it looks 88,
0: like 88 um and they then some of the vehicles came out in 99. So 88 to 89 to 89.
1: That's a really long time. 88. Oh, to 89 yeah. 88 to 89. Okay. Now there is, it looks like they have run a, um, a limited edition version of, um, trying to tell who this is. This is an Amazon club or GI Joe, GI Joe club.com exclusive of, I can't, it, it's, it's unfortunate because his name was covered up by the thing, it is um, Rat Tiger Force, E-O-D. Tunnel, tunnel Rat Tunnel Tiger Rat? Force. Yeah, Tunnel Rat.
0: Yeah, so th- th- I, I'm talking about the original run, so, yeah. you know, G.I. Joe is still producing figures and stuff mm-hmm. every now and then, and so I think they've done a Tiger Force reissue, or, mm. you know, with the new style of figures and some different characters and stuff, but this is the original run, and this was the first time they had a a unit within a unit. And so, uh, these guys went against the Python patrol, which was the Cobra (laughs) subunit. But later, uh, the GI Joe team had other units like night force and, uh, slaughters, marauders. Oh, nice. And, um, but anyway, there were 10 figures in this set, seven vehicles and it was, it was great. It was great. Uh, the, the, in hindsight, the reason it was so popular and the reason that it really got me wasn't wasn't the looks.
2: Mm-hmm. It was
0: because you grew up watching these cartoons of all these characters like Duke and Scarlet and Dusty and Recondo and Roadblock and Tripwire. These were all some of their earliest figures. Yeah. And so when I watched the cartoons, I was watching them in, you know, eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven, and they were pushing new figures and new characters in the toy stores, right. you couldn't get these older figures. And so for me to be able to get a Duke on a card, brand new, Hey man, sign me up. But, um, yeah, that, you know, unless you were trading with your friends to get those older figures, you just were, you were out of luck. Cause there was no eBay back then. You could maybe get lucky at a garage sale, but that's about it.
1: I cannot believe there is no snake eyes and tiger force.
0: I know. I know. I think he,
1: uh,
0: I don't
1: know if there, he was in any ninja, of the other ones. There's there is a ninja. Um but yeah, Jinx. But like Sna- to me as far like when I was a kid and as far as G.I. Joe was concerned with me back then, Snake Eyes was the end all be all. Like, yeah, no one was cooler than Snake Eyes. And you know Storm Shadow was like real close uh, up there, but like like I, I almost all the figures I owned were just different Snake Eyes figures.
0: Um, well, I can tell you why Snake Eyes isn't in this is because Snake Eyes, his costume is the <laughs> coolest costume. It's black and gray and mysterious, and it would totally look like <laughs> sacrilege for him to be wearing a tiger print top, um, like he was living in Miami or something. Yeah, I don't think it would work.
1: But I would, but you know, that's funny because like yes, that is Snake Eyes, right? But in in like the number one Snake Snake Eyes toy I remember. And it must have just been like the summer that I got it or whatever. It was like the the toy I played with the most. It wasn't even like a classic snake eyes figure. It was like skiing snake eyes or something. He had like red goggles and his colors were like blue and gray. And like he had like this like gray chest piece and like blue coat and stuff. And so like I was like that, like that was my favorite snake eyes toys for some reason. But
0: that was the 1990, the 1990s version of snake eyes. That was when they started having characters that came with, like, these gigantic guns that shot real missiles.
1: <laughs> yes, that was awesome. I love <laughs> toys that shoot things. I remember when I got when I got um, the TMNT pizza shooter mobile thing, like, oh, yeah. I got in so much trouble for shooting my little sister in the face with it all the time.
0: <laughs> the creme de la creme. <laughs> that was oh, a motorized
1: well. toy, so that was the best.
0: Yeah, G.I. Joe had its hits and misses, and this one is both a hit and a miss, depending on <laughs> how you want to classify it and look at it, but... I enjoyed it when I was eight years old, so I put it on my list. Now I will crush G.I.
2: Joe's tiger force! My Python experiment will make Cobra invincible! Python Patrol, Python Patrol! Cobra's on the attack
1: with Python Patrol!
2: Python Patrol! attack! Python Patrol's the evil new foe,
1: but nobody beats
2: G.I. Joe!
1: Python Patrol, vehicles and figures sold separately
2: yes yes who is
1: it it's me shere khan Uh, i'd like a word with you if you don't mind
2: shere khan what a surprise yes isn't it i
1: just dropped by Uh, forgive me if i've interrupted anything
2: oh no no nothing at all
1: I thought perhaps you were entertaining someone up there in your coils.
2: Coils? Someone? Oh, no. I was just curling up for my siesta.
1: To me there is no tiger king. More of a king than Shere Khan is. It's right there in his name, Preston. <laughs> tiger or Shere Khan literally translates into tiger king. So, oh, okay. So, listen. I think that he is the end-all be-all of Tiger Kings.
0: Well, he's been around a long time. I know that. Yeah. This is from The Jungle Book. When did The Jungle Book come out?
1: Hmm. So the book – I don't know when the book came out. Let's see. Uh, the
0: Rudyard Kipling, Kipling it, classic.
1: Actually, actually, it's it's not from The Jungle Book because unless, unless they changed the name of the book to Jungle Book at some point, his first appearance was in Mowgli's Brothers back in 1894 – Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, most people probably associate the name Kipling with the handbag store nowadays. Do you know about this? <laughs> no. No. So they're they're uh, they're in balls and stuff like that. There used to be, or I guess there probably still is, a store called Kipling, and they sell handbags. But their logo is a monkey running across the the name Kipling, and so it's it's pretty good. But uh, Sheer Khan is basically. Uh, He has a hatred for humans and um, in different story, like the, the jungle book story has been told multiple different ways. You know, you have Disney's versions and then there are also like there's, they made a movie that was like supposed to be like the true Kipling version of it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, uh, Shere Khan hates humans depending on which version you're listening or reading or looking at. Uh, He specifically hates Mowgli's dad um, and it's all humans, but specifically Mowgli's dad, because Mowgli's dad uh, burned him with fire, and so um, that's why he's also afraid of fire and other other versions and stuff too, um, and so that's why he wants to get Mowgli uh, because uh, he hates humans. He is fiercely loyal and protective of his animal family, and thinks that humans are like the destruction of of basically their lives. And you know, hey, like you gotta you gotta look at it from his point of view. He was being hunted, and in some versions he shot some versions he's burned, but in some way he is usually attacked by a human, and then um he just he wants to basically eradicate earth of humans, but at the very least protect his animal family or his animal kingdom from the threat of humankind, so um.
0: So when you were thinking of this topic mm-hmm. and di- was the Disney version the the penultimate version is that the one that popped in your head the 1967 Jungle Book cartoon version with no. the British accent? Nope. No. So,
1: nope. So when I immediately thought cuz like when when I when I came up with the like the Tiger King thing I immediately went Shere Khan from uh, uh from uh Talespin. <laughs>
0: Oh, right. <laughs> because I forgot he was in that. Yeah,
1: I love Shere Khan and Tailspin uh because he so there are no humans, right? So let's just say The Jungle Book maybe in part 3 cuz they made a part 2. Maybe in part 3 he does eradicate the world of humans. And what Tailspin is is then that world where all these animals are now the only inhabitants cuz there's no humans in Tailspin and um Shere Khan is is basically the CEO and um, of the like most powerful company in the world, and uh, he is such a cool guy. Like he, nothing ever like phases him. Like there's an episode where um, he has like come up with these like robot pilots, basically to help uh, streamline the the shipping process or something. I don't remember the reason why he came up with them, but. Um he You didn't write your
0: master's thesis on that? <laughs> no, I should have.
1: Gosh. I missed out. Um but uh you know eventually what happens is these robots refuse to deviate from their programming, which is to find the quickest route between shipping lanes. And they are getting attacked by sky pirates. And so Shere Khan has Baloo on his ship and they're being attacked by Sky Pirates and Shere Khan is just like making himself a drink while he's explaining to Baloo like that he's going to need him to fly his ship for him because he needs his expert piloting skills in order to like uh, to get away from these Sky Pirates and so Shere Khan's awesome like, he was kidnapped in this show like he, like so much stuff happened to him and he just stays so calm and collected sometimes he gets really mad and scratches things um, But uh, but yeah so uh, I just think Shere Khan's a really cool guy.
0: It's a really good character, and I'm so glad you reminded me of Tailspin. I've got actually the DVD series in my basement. i got to go check that back out again. Mm-hmm. But I was looking on IMDb, and as much as I wanted it to be, it's actually two different voice actors from those series, yep. even though it's both Disney. Mm-hmm. So George Sanders is the original from the 1967 cartoon. He passed away in 72, and... The 1990 cartoon is voiced by Tony uh, J. Who is it? Tony J. Tony J. Mm-hmm. What else did Tony J do? Anything? He, I tons feel like, of stuff.
1: Yeah, he's he's like a crazy awesome voice actor. He uh he has done all kinds of movies. And actually, he so he voiced Shere Khan. Um, basically going forward, like he was Shere Khan in, in Jungle Book two. Uh, he was the voice of Shere Khan in uh, different yeah. in different video games and stuff like that. Also, but. But yeah, the um. Yeah. He was
0: chair Chippendale on the tick. Yes, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. He has such a good voice. Um, I like. There is there are differences between um George Sanders and and Tony Jay, but they both have like such. I don't, it's, it's like um.
0: It's that old school theater voice. Yeah.
1: It's 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 very like uh gosh what is um the guy that plays Scar in the cartoon. For Lion King, uh,
0: Jeremy Irons. Yeah,
1: it's it like they're they have such like a cut to their like they sound evil just saying <laughs> like I I walk down the street, you know, like they, I they think do it's such how cool mm-hmm.
0: and controlled yeah. it is, mm-hmm. right? Like it's such restraint behind that ferocity. Mm-hmm. That's where it lies. Yeah. So I I agree. Great pick.
1: Speak. I have an update on the stone, sir.
0: It's been found.
2: Um, not exactly, sir. But you'll be happy to know we located our pilot safe and. Where is the stone? It's been just stolen. By whom? Air Pilots. Up. You two coming in? They'll just wipe
1: out. <laughs> oh, Tony. We'll do fine after this complete breakfast, including my vitamin-packed Frosted Flakes. They bring out the tiger in you. We'll try
2: to stay up, okay?
1: Frosted Flakes, okay?
2: They're good. You show them you're a tiger. <laughs> show them what you can do. Go, tiger. The taste of Tony's Frosted Flakes. Look at him go. Bring the tiger.
0: Alright, so we've got some strong entries already into the best Tiger King. Well, I have another one for you. And this one is so good. Mm-hmm. I can say two words, and I bet ninety percent of our audience will know exactly who I'm talking about. And the two words are there. Great. Who am mm-hmm. I talking about?
1: Um I'll have to say Tony the Tiger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got it, man. Of course, Tony the Tiger, the mascot from the famous Kellogg cereal Frosted Flakes or Sugar Frosted Flakes, as they originally called them. Or, as I learned, if you're from the UK, Australia, or Europe, and several other parts of the world, it's just Kellogg's Frosties. Did you know that? You know,
1: in, at least in England, I think it's all of Europe. They like coming up with these weird... uh I'm like these weird shortenings of words, because like Resident Evil, they call Resi, and like stuff like that. Like I, I could totally see them calling these Frozzies.
0: Well, uh, this is actually branded on the box. I saw the oh, box really? says Frosties. It's wow, not that's weird. Yeah, it's not just a colloquialism, but yeah. So Tony the Tiger's been around my entire life. Mm-hmm. It's been a constant presence on commercials, and it's actually been around way longer than our lives. It was. Tony the Tiger debuted in 1952. Here's a little history lesson for you. 1952, designed by two people, Eugene Kolke and then Edward Kernad, who was uh, an ad man from the agency Leo Burnett.
2: Mm.
0: Now, Tony the Tiger was named after another Leo Burnett ad employee named Raymond Anthony Wells. Anthony Tony. So, but... So I'm I'm learning all kinds of stuff looking up Tony the Tiger because I mean let's let's be honest we, we we can't talk too much about Tony the Tiger he says like four words <laughs> and is a mascot for cereal uh-huh. so <laughs> the few interesting facts I've learned man are that when he was debuted he had to compete with basically uh, three other mascots okay. that could have won an, won out and mm-hmm. beaten him to the to be the main mascot do you know any of those. I I do not. Okay. So, Katie the kangaroo, mm-hmm. Elmo the elephant, mm-hmm. and then this is the one I want to see the most. I'll, I I don't even <laughs> think I looked up what it looks like, but I need to. Oh, do they? Newt, have pic- uh-huh. Newt the new G N U. Yeah.
1: Do they have pictures of the other two?
0: I don't. I didn't look.
1: Oh. Gotta so do you know what a new is? No. I feel so. I have I have two choices. In my heart of heart, I feel like it's a bird but I think I'm feeling that way because of emus. And the other part of me feels like it's almost like an anteater.
0: What is it? Newt the new. Uh, These are uh, some
1: crazy things. And you can tell, assuming that. Uh, it's
0: like a, it looks like a wildebeest or something. It's got like, okay. It looks like a donkey with horns, like a ram. Okay. It, really weird. weird.
1: Oh, a new. Yeah. <laughs> They're like sheeps or something.
0: Yeah, really weird. That, okay. sounds, that
1: sounds all right. Cause like a sheep baby is an ewe, right? So ewes and news. But, yeah. um, so it's funny because this is must just be a, uh, you know, I'm part of the times. But Katie, it's, it's interesting to see how like the names of these and like how they were spelled. Like, cause Katie's with one T, uh, which is not a common spelling for that name nowadays. And I, I love that Elmo the elephant. The only Elmo I've ever heard of, I think, was Elmo the Muppet. Have you ever heard of another Elmo? Mm-mm. So it's interesting to think of like that it had to be a fairly common name at some point. but No, um... I
0: think I have heard other Elmos. I couldn't tell you one right now. But yeah, it definitely is a dated name for sure. But imagine if Elmo the elephant had come out.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't have. I Elmo. doubt we
0: would have Elmo of the Muppets that we know about because it would be already taken, right? You don't want to duplicate such a famous name.
1: Yeah, but Elmo the Muppet started off as like a bit character, like in the background, and and they just kept the name on when he got popular. So I feel like you would have still had him.
0: I don't know, man. They might have said, "Well, this was this has been around since '52. I don't know if I want to double dip." But I you double right, dip so the I, Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I learned something else too. I learned that the voice we know and love was not always the voice of Tony the Tiger. So, originally, Tony the Tiger was voiced by a guy named Dallas McKinnon. And I did not recognize the name, but you will recognize some of his properties. Okay. He was the voice of Gumby. Okay. And uh, he also did some Disney characters. He worked on uh, some Woody Woodpecker cartoons, not as Woody Woodpecker, but mm-hmm. as some of the other voices. Tons of other stuff, but he's got a laugh that can be heard in Crash Bandicoot games Mm. and other places. It's so iconic. It was used in 2003's movie Elf, where the um, -the jack-in-the-box jumps out and laughs. Hmm. Yeah. we'll, We'll play it right now. Yep, that. Imagine, that could have been the voice of Tony the Tiger instead of They're Great. You could have just heard him laughing at how good the Frost Flakes are.
1: <laughs> he was famous for his laughs, and that's all he did. <laughs> they're like, oh, we should have cast a hyena.
0: No, so that uh, Dallas McKinnon it isn't the voice we know and love. Do you know the name of the guy who voiced him for so long?
1: I, I could not tell you his name or read it off this page, but I will tell you it is probably – one of the best names that has ever been thought up on this earth.
0: Yes. I you were talking about you don't hear the name Elmo anymore uh-huh. or it must have been a name from the past. I'll well, tell you a name you never hear and that is Thurl. <laughs> Thurl Ravenscroft.
1: Dude, that that name is awesome.
0: Dude, it rules. I I, I I we should bring back Thurl. If I had had a son, uh-huh. maybe I could have carried that tradition on and and named my son Thurl. Thurl Burt. Man, it's it's so beautiful sounding.
1: This guy, I I didn't have a son either, but I did have a cool name for both my sons, my imaginary sons that I was going to have. And this guy would have hung out with them. Like Cobbett, was it Cobbett, Von Edward Grantham, and Maximus Magnus Grantham would have totally hung out with Thurl Ravenscroft.
0: Totally, totally. Well, Thurl, he did the voice for 30, sorry, for 50 years um, and if you don't know the name Thurl Ravenscroft, it's okay. You probably know another famous property that he did, and that is he sang the song from um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. He sang You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. That's the same guy. That's Tony the Tiger. All right. So, Brian, do you know any other Tony the Tiger facts?
1: I know he wears a scarf or uh-huh. I guess an ascot. Oh, but you know, that makes sense for the time that he was made. Well, ascots are so crazy. You never see people wear them anymore. You should start that Preston. And when (laughs) people, when people say, why are you wearing an ascot? Say a thorough Ravenscroft told me to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Oh man. All right. So here's some more facts for you. Did you know that Tony, the tiger had a family? No. Yes. So before we started watching the commercials, Tony the Tiger had a family in the 70s. He had Mama Tony Tony Tiger. So his mom. They had his mom as a character.
2: Uh-huh.
0: They had his wife, Mrs. Tony the Tiger. She was not worthy of her own name, which is awful. Um, his daughter, Antoinette, and his son, Tony Jr.
1: Well, you know, um, the uh no, she had a name, Mrs. Mrs. Uh, mrs tony was was oh never mind that's just the name of this website <laughs> 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 I, I thought it was something. anyways it looks it looks like it could be a, a girl's name okay uh, so um it's interesting to me that he would have a family but they all suffer the mario problem what's that they're all they're all like uh mama tony tiger and mrs tony tiger Mm-hmm. And so they're all they're all like Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Luigi, Mario, <laughs> so good. Uh, well, um, if you watched a lot of the commercials, you know he Tony's very active. Mm-hmm. He has done a lot of things. He windsurfs, mm-hmm. he skis. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite thing that I didn't know that Tony did until I started researching this was was in a commercial for uh, Frosties. They were promoting a, an one of the uh, you know the free toys that comes in the box, uh-huh. and he revealed that he was the coach for Monster Wrestlers in my pocket. So, wrestling coach Tony the Tiger with monsters in my pocket. It's it doesn't get much better than that.
1: Is this is this the same thing as Monsters in My Pocket? The monster wrestler in my pocket? I've no,
0: heard... monster. I, I got confused. Monster wrestlers. Is different okay. than uh, Monsters in My Pocket, but okay. they also, but Frosty Flakes did do a Monsters in My Pocket promotion, so okay, yeah. And then sadly, we had to say goodbye to Tony, uh, as played by Thurl, when he passed away. But from 2005 to 2014, we had announcer Lee Marshall who took over the role. Uh, but we still get to enjoy Tony the Tiger today in a big way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a sports fan. Because in 2019, Kellogg's became the official sponsor of the Sun Bowl, which is a really big title game. There's like the Rose Bowl, the Peach Bowl. The Sun Bowl is up there in the in top five of all like major college football um, championships. Mm-hmm. And uh, they branded it as the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl.
1: Unfortunately, that was the last year the Sun Bowl ever happened. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, it's scheduled for December 31st, 2020. So there's still a chance okay. they can uh, they can have it this year. Uh, and but for 2019, Arizona State beat Florida State. In case you care about that stuff. So one last thing mm-hmm. I'll say about Tony the Tiger is I love Tony the Tiger so much. I love cereal so much that I actually had a Tony the Tiger costume, but not how you think it uh-huh. was. So at DragonCon, which you know I go to every year, and which is a big costuming. Um, scenario I love mashup costumes right like there are so many people that are professional cosplayers that have the ability to do things that are like picture perfect and spend so much time and money making it look just to the nines I appreciate the ones that are inventive and are mashups of maybe two different properties or things you wouldn't normally expect and so thinking about costumes that we had access to mm. and trying to be clever I came up with the serial killers as a platoon from like Vietnam War uh-huh. and my friend Glenn he's big into militaria, he's big into costuming he's got all these military costumes he had actual cost, you know pieces of militaria from the 60s and 70s and so we went My friends and I, we went as a unit, a platoon of soldiers from the Vietnam War that were personifications of classic, uh, classic serial mascots. Mm. So we had Tony the tiger and he was like a, he was like a tunnel rat guy. He had the, uh, he had, you know, black marks on his face Uh to try to camouflage. You had, um,
1: see, I would, I would picture him as being a sailor because of the
0: ascot. <laughs> well, we didn't do this. We didn't do the Ascot, but we had um, we had Lucky, and he had like the Irish bowler hat uh-huh. and the like the handlebar mustache and did he put up like a Dukes? brawler kind uh, of thing? Yeah. Um, who else did we have?
1: Do you have Count Chocula?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't have that. Uh, we had Captain Crunch. I think.
1: Uh
0: huh. Uh, he had a pipe going, and. Oh, man, that was funny. I'll have to find a picture and put it online. But it was – I'll say this. It wasn't as well-received as I thought it would be. <laughs> people
1: were like, who are you?
0: <laughs> people <laughs> were just like, oh, there's a bunch of war guys. Okay, cool. And I'm like, but look, we have
1: uh, – we're we so have, clever. We have name badges.
0: Yeah, we did. We had the name <laughs> badges. We actually had them printed up. We had, like, Tony and – oh, man. But I think we got, like, three people that kind of recognized the the in-joke
1: to me that um i think that like i would feel better about that because i know that me and those other three people we we made a connection it's not right. like me walking around and everybody would be like oh look at you bats maru it's like yeah. it's like no like oh you got it yes dude like oh, we're there elbows and crosses and yeah it's cool not another patients. stormtrooper
0: walking around yeah. like when you know who i am we are family yeah. instantly
1: uh-huh you spit in each other's mouths it's great oh <laughs> <laughs> what that's what my family does we've always been been like that like our germs are each other's germs let spit in each other's mouths
0: <laughs> this has gone off the rails <laughs> all right i i'm retiring tony the tiger my entry for king of the tigers thanks weirdo brian tony mama you look
2: hungry Come start your good breakfast with Kellogg's sugar-frosted flake cereal. The secret frosting makes it extra crunchy, extra delicious. I know. Flakes of corn with just the right amount of frosting for kids and adults. How did I teach you to
1: say it? It's good. You may be Mr. Breakfast to the rest of the world, but you know what you are to me. Your widow, Tony. I'm so proud of him. Sit up straight.
0: You know what that sound means. <gasps> what does it mean? It means it's time for tiger trivia. Brian, you already made it weird enough, so I'm going to make it even weirder <laughs> by asking you seven <laughs> random questions okay. that have to deal somehow with tigers Okay. in the pop culture way that we're talking. Are you ready?
1: I am fully ready.
0: Okay, I'm going to start it off easy for you. Listeners, play along in your head and see if you can beat Brian. The magic number is seven, but let's see how many he can get. Okay. Okay. Daniel Tiger is mm-hmm. a puppet mm-hmm. voiced by what famous children's television host? Mr.
1: Rogers.
0: Excellent. Correct. At, yes. fir-
1: at first, I was like, oh no, I don't know who voices him now. <laughs> so I was really worried about that.
0: <laughs> I'll give it to you. I, <laughs> that's exactly who I was thinking of. So, all right, change of pace. In 1984, Bally Midway made the airplane dogfight video arcade game Two Tigers. Which was a conversion kit for which popular arcade game?
1: Ooh, is is this popular arcade game also a Billy or Billy uh, Bally Williams
0: Midway a game? Bally Midway, a yes. Midway game. Okay. So this game came out in eighty four. It converted a popular game. Well, that's
1: because I was gonna say nineteen forty two, but that's a Capcom
0: game. Yep.
1: Uh, hmm. I have no idea.
0: So this one converted Tron.
1: Oh, they really? had
0: a kit just for Tron games. They actually did make a dedicated version of this arcade game, uh, but it's super rare. And it's weird because the, so the plug and play kit had a control panel that you plug, plugged into your. You took the Tron joystick control panel off. You plugged in this thing. It had two spinner knobs and buttons. Huh. But if you had the dedicated stand up, which was a different shape and everything, mm. they made a few of these. It had two um, yoke controllers, huh. like you know, right. two handles each, and you're able to fly and pretend you're flying a plane. It looks really cool. Well, I, was, I wish I could play that version, but I've never been able to play it.
1: I was gonna say it seems perfect for Tron because of the joystick, but you just totally replace that whole thing. Yeah, so, there's no joystick crazy. at all that's in crazy. the Tron
0: version. In the Tron conversion, it's just spinners. Huh. So, anyway, it's a, it's an interesting game to seek out. So, arcade fans, look out for Two Tigers. All right. You are one for two. So you're (laughs) 50%. I'm not not feeling good about it. All right. Question number three. Which magician was mauled by a tiger? 50% chance here. Was it Siegfried or Roy?
1: I'm going to say it was Roy.
0: Ding, ding, ding. You got it.
1: I specifically remember when that happened. And I I may have watched it a whole bunch when uh, internet viral videos were going around about it.
0: Oh, I don't think I ever watched the actual oh, really? incident. Yikes! It it didn't seem like
1: it was on a fancy stage when it happened.
0: Well, have you ever been to Vegas? Oh, oh, I've been to
1: Vegas. Please, son.
0: <laughs> so Bye. this was this took place in 2003 at the Mirage, and um, uh, yeah, Manticore was the tiger's name. <laughs> so, anyway, all right, next question, two for three. Uh, number question number four. All right, this was a cartoon. Mm. short-lived and i think it also was a comic book too but which defenders of the earth mm. character would call on the power of 10 tigers to kick some butt who do you remember the defenders of the earth i do not defenders so, so this that, was like flash gordon and they were oh. and his crew and they were battling ming the merciless
1: okay uh do, does he does he talk like this <laughs>
0: I'll say Billy Zane played this character oh.
1: in a movie. okay. Well, then I oh the shadow.
0: No, no. that was Alec Baldwin.
1: No, that was Billy Zane. Oh Liar. no, I'm sorry. I meant I meant, not the shadow. Uh, God, he lives in a skull island oh god what's his name
0: he's also known as the ghost who walks
1: yes so this is so horrible because tonight i was thinking about the time that i met billy zane on my drive (laughs) home tonight i was like gosh remember that time you met billy zane and you were like the phantom you were like yes i I was such a big fan of the phantom movie and i was just like like i just let him talk about me for a while and then we were in an elevator and then when we went to leave I oh well you know it's nice to meet you he went i said i said oh my name is brian it was nice to meet you yeah, and he said oh my name is billy and i said i know <laughs> just shook his hand and then i left <laughs> and he was like oh yeah because we didn't talk about him at all it was great i just let him talk about me
0: <laughs> that's great man great story billy and Zang's i'm gonna give also. you the point because i didn't actually say you're the one that said the character it's the phantom yeah. so good job there it took you a while but i'll give it to you yep. all right question number five who is the husband of chatara and father of Wily kit and Wily cat
1: it's is it panthro no, why? lionel. Would... It's, it's the... lionel. No, it's, it's... tigra. Okay.
0: <laughs> were you were you pulling my chain all time?
1: No, I, I for some reason I, I felt like it was panthro for some reason.
0: <laughs> why would this tiger trivia be about panthro? Panthro's
1: awesome, dude. He's so buff. I love that. I guy. didn't say he wasn't awesome, dude. <laughs> it's my man.
0: But yeah, we're talking about tigers, so tigra. So I'm I'm gonna say you did not get that question okay. right. <laughs> All right, so uh, I don't know how much into sports you are, but I collected baseball cards, and so I was kind of into some sports in the 80s. Uh-huh. Which famous Detroit Tiger mm. hit a home run off of Goose Gossage in Game 5 of the 1984 World Series?
1: Mm. Well, I will say I think probably the 88 Tigers was probably the biggest, uh, the biggest year for the Tigers for some reason. Because when I was when we were trying to come up with stuff, I kept typing in Google '80s Tiger' and then this thing, and the '88 Tigers kept popping up. So,
0: okay, I'm... well, well, it's interesting you say that because this person didn't play for the Tigers in '88, hmm. but he also hit a famous game-winning home run in the World Series for the Dodgers in okay. 1988.
1: Okay, I'm going to so... say Sammy Sosa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I know nothing about baseball. Okay. Kirk Gibson, Kurt Gibson, oh, Kurt Gibson. Yeah. That was and uh, he had, he's the guy that in 88 did the, the did the fist pump, like the cha-ching, cha-ching, uh-huh. uh, when he hit the home run, and he was the guy who signed my baseball mitt when I was a kid, not real, but you know, like, if you had a baseball oh, mitt, it was right. signed yeah, by yeah. some famous person, I had the Kurt Gibson special, man. So
1: I had multiple baseball mitts and I couldn't tell you who any of those people, I collected baseball cards too when I was a kid, but I couldn't tell you who any of those before I knew, I knew Nolan Ryan and that was about it.
0: Okay. So you're, you're currently three for six. So you're back at 50%. Let's see if we can get you on this last one. All right. We talked about this before we started the show, the tropia song that we're not going to include here. Mm-hmm. Eye of the tiger. Mm-hmm. All right, it's by the band Survivor, but it was the theme song to what movie?
1: Well, I know it's not the theme song to Rocky, so that's not it. <laughs> uh, geez, I'm gonna say it's a Tiger movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess it's tough because part of me wants to go. It's got to be an '80s movie, but then part of me's like, no, it's not going to be an '80s movie. It's going to be something that specifically relates to tigers. So I'm going to. No, the
0: song is what relates to tigers.
1: Yeah, but the movie would too. Like that's why I put it in the movie. That's why it's the theme song of the movie.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: All right, Rocky.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you, but technically, it's Rocky Three. Okay. Rocky 3. I feel bad for you. I didn't want you to finish at less than 50%. So, <laughs> so I 50, we're going to give 50. that to 5. you on a technicality and yay, you got more than half. But
1: I'm so good at games. You're
0: you're the best. <laughs> you're the king of Tiger King trivia. Tonight, a determined team and enthusiastic crowd. The showdown in Motown is over. The Detroit Tigers have emerged victorious.
1: Right, Gerald. Uh, as you can tell, it is raining heavier and heavier. But take a look down there. You think anybody notices it? I doubt it. There must be 40,000, 50,000 fans down there right now. Some people still trying to make their way out of the stadium right now. The city is the
2: jungle. You pay-
1: All right, well, following your cartoon serial tiger, uh, I also have a cartoon tiger of my own. And uh, I know my previous one was a literary masterpiece, and I think that kind of carries over to this one as well. So I am uh, going to talk about Hobbes from Calvin and Hobbes.
0: Oh, uh, well, yes, literary masterpiece as well.
1: These These books... Ma'am, any time that we had the book fair coming through, like as I got a little bit older and we still had book fairs coming through, uh, I was so happy whenever they had new Calvin and Hobbes books in them because I bought them every time. Did you ever pick these up in, in like book fairs and stuff?
0: Dude, so my Calvin and Hobbes story is, yes, I love Calvin and Hobbes. I would always look for it in the in the newspaper. yeah. And um, I own some of the books. But when I was a kid... And my parents were separated. Um, My dad had an apartment. Mm. And I would get dropped off of the bus at his apartment. So I could stay in that school district with my friends. Mm. And so I was in third grade or fourth grade. I'd get dropped off. And sometimes I would forget my key. Okay. And this is before cell phones or pagers or anything. Mm. And so rather than just sit outside the door for hours on end I would walk several blocks in this downtown area uh, of this little town called Lake Forest and there was a bookstore and I would just go to the bookstore and sit and read Calvin and Hobbes for hours
1: it is such a great comic uh, I guess comic strip is is the proper thing for it I guess yeah, um, yeah dude like growing up I loved buying the collections of these and I really want to get the complete collection that's like in the special red binding and stuff like that it looks really nice Um, but basically uh, Calvin and Hobbes was a comic strip uh, that was created by Bill Watterson um, and it follows the misadventures of a little boy named Calvin and his, uh, his tiger Hobbes now one of the things that I think is super cool about Hobbes is that most people think that he is Calvin's imaginary pet or imaginary animal friend right
0: well like it's a stuffed animal it that is a he stuffed animal envisions is alive
1: well that's what you think <laughs> what Bill <laughs> Watterson says is this is why I think this is amazing he says that the two realities exist at the same time okay and so you know when you see things Preston you and I are looking at something, you know, now I I think this is the coolest thing in the world. And anytime I ever really talk to people about this, they do not seem as enthusiastic about it as I am. But I don't know why I think this is so cool. So, like, all right, all we are is our brain, right?
0: Wait, before you go into this, <laughs> I can verify that Brian is not high right now. <laughs> no. This is very – this sounds like something someone very high would talk about. But I can witness and attest that he is not. But yes, please go on, Brian. I, I'm
1: willing to bet that I, I have talked to you about this before. Okay, <laughs> so, um, all right. So all we all are, <laughs> all we all are, is our brain, and our body is just a vessel for that brain. Right, <laughs> and we do not have windows to the world. Like the thing that you see as as your reality, it, it's it is something that like reflections of light waves are going into your eyes and then that becomes a signal that then gets passed to your brain and your brain like goes, okay, cool. This is, I'm going to make this up as I go along, right? Uh And so the majority of the things that you see in the real world are not in fact real. Your brain makes up most of it because it knows, oh, this is in this area. And so like only really what you're focusing on is what you're actually seeing in the real world, okay? Bill Watterson says that this is basically what Hobbes is. So Hobbes is a real tiger. Now, some people choose to see him as a real tiger because that's their reality, like Calvin. But some people choose to see him as a stuffed animal, which is like what his parents or everybody else in the world sees him as. And so uh, he was being interviewed for, from somebody about, um, about the, the like power of like imaginary friends or whatever. And he was like, I don't know why you're interviewing me about this. And they said, well, because of Calvin and Hobbes. And he was like, but Hobbes isn't, isn't like an imaginary friend. Like I I've never had an imaginary friend and Hobbes is not Calvin's imaginary friend. Like Hobbes is a real tiger. And they were like, Oh no. But like, it's like I said, he was like, no, that's not, that's not how it is. And then he explained that whole thing. But so I just think that's super interesting. Hobbes is amazing as a tiger. Uh He's named after um Thomas Hobbes uh the um british philosopher um he's he's the like one of the founders of political philosophy um and you know Hobbes is basically like some people look at him as like calvin's conscience or or anything like that, but you know he is kind of the more level headed usually the more level headed part of of the duo so uh but you know i i love i love calvin and hobbes and like how sometimes Hobbs is like this ferocious tiger and like the, the, like in those strips, like where it's very detailed, you know, we talked about last week with the gross ups from Ren and Stimpy. Like, I love the ones where like Hobbs is like an actual tiger and it's like drawn that way and everything like that. And then like he pounces on Calvin or whatever to like, to like murder him. And then it's like, you know, but like he talks about that with, um, and like, that was part of the thing that, that Watterson talks about is, you know, like there are times where like, Calvin gets tied up by Hobbes and his dad has to come and release him. He's like, how did you do this to yourself? And he didn't like, cause cause Hobbes is a real tiger. So what you think about that? Preston?
0: I think that's great, Brian. <laughs> I don't want to give a special <laughs> shout out to our sponsors, this episode of high times and four loco.
1: <laughs> I, I just, you, I, I don't know. I, I guess we'll save the, the whole brain thing for another uh, no, it's already
0: out here. Yeah. People already uh, oh, no, heard it. There's way more intrigued. There's way more to it than that. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> Thanks for writing it in. Um, yeah, I like the I like the comic strip. It's good and fun and, and sweet. And uh, I wish Bill Watterson were a little more um, social
2: mm-hmm. to
0: give interviews. Uh, i I respect him tremendously for saying my work is done yeah. and finished. And I'm never going to revisit it. I just wish every now and then he might give a retrospective interview or a, you know, talk more about where ideas came from and stuff. I would love to have a little bit more insight so I could get behind that, that, that great brain of his. And maybe you could get a little more insight into that (laughs) great brain of yours.
1: Don't Um. forget, folks, you are your brain, and that's it.
2: To have a bit, skip it, skip it, skipping
1: and a screaming and a bop, bop. But the very best thing of all there's a counter on this ball. So try to beat your very best score. See if you can jump a whole lot more. Skip it, skip it. Come on, everybody, skip it. Roaring good fun from Tiger Toy.
0: All right, so we've talked about toys, we've talked about cartoons, we've talked about comic strips. Some great tigers among the bunch. I'm ending my picks with a company, and that is Tiger Toys Mm -hmm. slash Tiger Electronics. What do you think of when you think of Tiger Electronics?
1: Okay. Well, there's two things the first thing I think of is their awesome logo. I always liked how, uh, you know, it does like the whole tiger thing. And then the tail like whips out and then comes back up or whatever. Right. I love that animation. Uh, and then the second thing is the horrible animation on the handheld Tiger electronics.
0: Yep. Bada bing. That is, that is what they're mostly known for. And I'm going to recognize that. We're going to talk about that a little bit. I think we might've talked about that on another episode, mm-hmm. but I- I'm talking about the whole breadth and depth of the company. Just very succinctly, they were more, Brian. They were more than just those handheld games that they are known for. They invented uh, the 2XL robot, which okay. it doesn't probably ring a bell. But if you nope. look up 2XL, look it up right okay. now. Okay. okay, okay. 2XL, it will bring uh, memories for you, and then they are responsible for. Macaulay Culkin made this very famous in Home Alone 2, the Talk oh, Boy.
1: I had a 2XL.
0: See? Believe it or
1: go. not, I did.
0: Yeah. It's one of these things where like you're like, oh, I forgot about that. But mm-hmm. then when you see it, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I remember.
1: Uh, that is cool.
0: They are responsible for Gigapets. Gigapets
1: were cool. I dug Gigapets. Did you like Gigapets?
0: I didn't ever really do any they of They were better than
1: stuff. Tamagotchis.
0: Really? Yeah, I liked What I made liked, them better than Tamagotchis? I don't
1: remember. I just remembered you know, this might have been part of my whole thing. Like, I like GoBots and not Transformers and stuff like that. And so,
0: yeah, you're a, you're you're a counterculturalist yeah, there, I guess so. Uh, they also were responsible for Turbo Man mm-hmm. from Jingle All the Way. They made the replicas uh, and marketed those. They did um, Furby, mm-hmm. and they also are responsible for one of the greatest inventions of mankind, and that is. Hit clips.
1: <laughs> I was, I felt <laughs> you were going to say that and I was hoping you're going to say skip it because <laughs> I think skip it is way cooler than hit clips.
0: They are responsible for skip it. I was going to get that later because that is an earworm that won't die. Uh, skip it. Do run, run, run to do, do hop hop.
1: <laughs> I love skip it. So that was like one of my favorite things. Like when I was a kid, it's such a simple idea, but, but, I think having the counter on the thing was like uh, was what made it the. Well, piece I of mean,
0: they say it in the commercial. That's the very best thing of all. It is. Is there's a counter on the ball? <laughs> it is. It's the very best thing. No, seriously though, that thing was. It's one of those easy to learn, hard to master toys. Mm-hmm. So that they hit the sweet spot with that. Plus the catchy, catchy, catchy song. Um, a little bit about the company. It's founded by three guys. Uh, their family. I don't know if they're brothers or father, son, or whatever, but Gerald, Randy, and Arnold Rissman. They founded the company in 78. It started with low tech items, um, but then they started developing like handheld electronics and robots and toys and computers and things like that. And it was actually close to my old hometown of Lake Forest, that I just mentioned, uh, in Vernon Hills, Illinois. But it was only that way until it got bought out by Hasbro in 1998. So a lot of the the toys we talk about or that you think about they may actually have Hasbro branding uh, in conjunction with the tiger electronics branding but um do you remember the greatest invention of all do you remember hit clips
1: uh, so I, I do remember them but they were like way past
0: yeah they came out when I was in college mm-hmm. so I didn't get to experience them but and I'm being facetious about all this stuff I'm being being silly because it's it's horrible. It's atrocious. It's like, why would anybody waste money on this stuff? So basically what it is, if you're not familiar, it's a little contraption with a little cartridge that would play a clip of a song. <laughs> it was like, like a 30-second
1: clip or something
0: like that. Like, not the entire song, just a clip of a song. And so it was definitely during, like, the Britney Spears yeah. and uh-huh. NSYNC era. It'd
1: be, like, 30 seconds of Backstreet's Back All Right.
0: Yeah, and then you could trade them and you could put in mm-hmm. new different ones. And they had... They had two versions. They had one that was like a little stereo uh, that you could put and and it could play out with speakers or it had this little clip on pack that had the shortest, tiniest little um, earbud, a single earbud mm-hmm. that would connect and you can listen to it on your own and just jam out. <laughs> and like my kids these days think it's crazy that we had singles <laughs> and CD singles, you know, just an entire one song or maybe two. Oh, on I love CD si- singles, though. Yeah, I, I mean, that's how I started, because I couldn't afford a whole CD. The, I could get a single.
1: The coolest thing about CD singles was that the disc didn't have to be round. Like, they could be crazy shapes because it was just one song on it,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. That's
1: what I like best about them.
0: But the the collectible micro-personal music players, Hit Clips, they were distributed by McDonald's when they were first released with music from NSYNC and Britney Spears. And in 1999, Hit Clips earned Tiger Electronics' $80 million.
1: Wow. That's crazy.
0: And you can buy them on eBay now. Like, if, like I don't have, you know, childhood nostalgia for them, but for 15 bucks shipped, I mean, that, that might be something to put on a shelf. <laughs> right. looks cool. <laughs> um, going back to the episode, going back to the tiger electronics, which we talked about cause they are just horrible. They suck. They're the, the, um, no offense, uh, they were the poor people's Game Boys, mm-hmm. and I was a recipient of that. I didn't have a Game Boy, but I had a Tiger handheld. Uh, they had over a hundred different titles. Uh, which of these titles, Brian, was not an official release? Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Dennis the Menace the movie, mm-hmm. American Gladiators, uh. Family Matters, or Police Academy?
1: Uh, well, A is a trick question. How? Well, like, like, are all of these a, a Tiger Electronics toy? No, I'm saying which one
0: I, of those four that I mentioned is not okay, a real.
1: Okay, so it's not a trick question. Then I'm going to go with Family Matters.
0: Correct. Yes. <laughs> but Police Academy. <laughs> I I don't know how that... I mean, I know there was a cartoon, a short-lived cartoon yeah. they tried mm-hmm. to make work, but still, like, that's a random one to throw in there in the 90s.
1: You know what I want for the Police Academy Tiger Electronics toy is the scene where... Uh Mahoney, and what was the character like? The character's name that did the sound effects.
0: Oh gosh.
1: Anyways, when Michael Ma- Winslow's the actor. Yeah, I, know that. I don't remember what the character's name was. But anyways, Mahoney's walking by their room or whatever, and he's like playing this video game on like the per- sleeping person next to him, and he's like, <laughs> and I want that game to be the Tiger Electronics game. <laughs> that
0: would probably be more fun. I it, pretty much anything would be more fun than that. But no no hard feelings on Tiger Electronics cuz that definitely was part of my childhood and but I'm putting them forward as a pick for one of the best Tigers because of the depth and breadth of their product line. They had a lot of hits and a lot of misses, but a lot of hits mm-hmm. too. So kudos to
1: those guys do you remember the tiger electronics like when they like in the first wave of vr stuff back in the early 90s and tiger electronics came out with a thing that went over your eye and it was it was basically it was the same thing as the tiger electronics toys that you held in your hand but it was it was just basically over your right eye and oh no. oh gosh i wish i could remember what it was called um it was like something like I, this is not the name of it, but it was something like Blast Zone or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was. I specifically remember because it wasn't all like the video game magazines back then of like some kid with that over his eye being like, "Whoa!" So I wish I could. looked further. cool,
0: uh-huh. but a lot of their toys are more style than substance. Definitely. Are you ready to run Daytona? Vanquish a virtual fighter. To spend some justice in
1: Cop, Then it's time for some fist-in-your-face reality as all three rip into the R-Zone. Blast your way through Virtuacop. Here come the bad guys. Tear up the tar at Daytona. Checkpoint,
2: checkpoint.
1: And prepare to meet your virtual master.
2: It's Dural. All
1: R-Zone cartridges play on the R-Zone and the R-Zone Super Street. Are you ready? Well, you know... When we first talked about doing this episode, the number one thing I wanted to talk about were the baby white tiger cubs at Busch Gardens when I was a kid, because it was the biggest thing in the world. I remember there being like advertisements. I, I literally I don't own the shirts anymore, but like my whole family had shirts from t- Bush Gardens back then. This is Bush Gardens in Tampa. It was a big deal. And then when I started looking up stuff for this episode, I was like, that's what I'm going to talk about. And apparently it was not a big deal for anybody else because there's no commercials uh, like Bush Gardens commercials from the 80s and 90s. There's like brief scenes of like a white tiger jumping or something swimming or something. Uh But they apparently were not a big thing for anybody else other than me and my family because I asked my mom. I was like – am I just crazy? I thought this was a big thing. And she was like, I thought this was a big thing for everybody too. So maybe just my family was excited about it. And so we all felt like it was a big deal, <laughs> but like Bush gardens had white tigers before the eighties and nineties. So I don't know. I don't know. I just, I specifically remember it being a big deal and going tiger.
0: There, tigers were a big thing in the eighties,
1: dude.
0: Uh, 80s. I, and do you remember, 90s. do you remember how big a deal it was for ringling brothers to have Gunther Gable Williams uh-huh. as their, as their type, ti- tiger and lion tamer
1: I do remember that I used to have a big poster of that in my bedroom
0: Uh, I still have a big mug that I got like a (laughs) snowball uh, you know icy thing in from the 80s with his image on there
1: you know and even into the 90s I had this awesome trapper keeper that was this like tiger like ripping through something and stuff like that so
0: whatever you had a Lisa Frank you know
1: it It, hey the colors were crazy it may have been Lisa (laughs) Frank Um, but but, uh, but yeah tigers were such a huge thing and so um, you know that's kind of cool that Tiger King is making tigers cool again because I feel yeah. like they have kind of fallen off the waypoint I will say this at the end of the Tiger King series they say there are four thousand tigers uh, in the wild they don't specify Bengal or anything like that so four thousand tigers in the wild there are five to ten thousand tigers in captivity in the US so something to think about that's crazy if anything this series should get you involved in preservation because like that was part of the thing with Bush Gardens back then. It was like if you if you just google 80s white tiger Bush Garden shirt or 90s white tiger Bush Garden shirt, you're going to you're going to see all these. I we owned all these shirts. And but back then it was all about preserving the endangered species and helping out wildlife and stuff like that. I could not tell you the last time I heard anybody talk about saving the wildlife. So, I'm going to take this minute to say, "Hey you, you right there, I want you to go out and support the wild tigers that are not in America.
0: There you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, in the meantime, reminisce about all the tigers from the past. And did we, do you think we made a case for some of the best tigers in pop culture? I think we named the tiger Kings uh,
1: in reality. So,
0: yeah, I think so. I think we, I think we earned it. Uh, Pat ourselves on the back. So, well, uh, if you don't agree with us, feel free to write us a message. What did we, who did we miss? What should we have included? Mm -hmm. Or did we get it all right? Let us know in an email. We're at waybackattackshow at gmail.com. We're getting some emails. We'll read some of those on another show. Thank you for sending the ones that you do. Um, You can also find us on um, Twitter at wayback underscore attack. I myself am at squared stiff. Where can I find you?
1: I am B E Grantham on Twitter. Um, and thank you so much. Leave us a comment on, uh, the device that you listen to the podcast podcast on. Tell Across. a friend po- podcast. Yes. Uh, huh. Uh, tell a friend, let them know how much you love the show and, uh, just say, Hey, just check out this one about the tigers. It's going to blow your mind. Tiger Kings everywhere. Check it out.
0: Hey, and another thing I'm glad we got to do is we got to forget about our reality for a little while, little, live a little bit in the past and connect with some people. Um, who are also going through some hard times. So thanks for spending some of this precious time with us. And if you've got an idea for a future show, shoot us one of those messages. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening.